Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid, February 19, 2021. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock for the next two hours talking fantasy with you. A little sports wagering, looking at some Major League Baseball win totals, recapping the NBA. And that's a great place, I think, to start, Davis, as the Brooklyn Nets are an odd team. I think that's the best way to put it. They struggled mightily a couple of weeks ago. It was all kinds of panic. They can't play defense. And now they're rolling off four, five wins in a row. By the way, Davis, all on the West Coast, too, beating the Lakers and beating all these really good teams out West, doing it without Kevin Durant. I know that you're not very high on Milwaukee, but I wonder what your opinion is on the Brooklyn Nets potentially to win the East. Because although they are either a favorite or close to a favorite here, I mean, they're, they're playing out of this world right now. Yeah, I mean, I think all of the value in Eastern Conference betting right now is on the Nets. They're clearly better than the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, I think they would be a, a pretty big favorite over the Bucks in a seven-game series. But I also think they're clearly better than the 76ers. And they're just a team that is constructed so well. I mean, obviously, they have the superstars in Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Um, and, and obviously, they, they barely have gotten those three guys to all play together, but they're role players too. I mean, we're talking, you know, Joe Harris, Jeff Green, Tyler Johnson, Landry Shamit, like just guys who are going to stand in the corner, shoot threes, play good defense. Really, they are constructed the same way as the Los Angeles Lakers, except they have a third star, uh, you know, instead of mm -hmm. Kyle Kuzma or Dennis Schroeder, uh, you know, depending on how you feel about that. So whatever money you can get down on the Nets right now, I think they are the best team in the NBA. I definitely think they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. And I, I if I had to pick a team today, you know, I just absolutely had to choose team to win mm -hmm. the NBA title this year. I'm taking the Nets. Yeah, you get some good odds. On that, they're not the favorite. Lakers are still the favorite there. That's where we'll begin with our headlines here on the show. Four straight wins for them. They down the Lakers 109 to 88. Of course, no Anthony Davis. We found out four weeks looks like the timeline for him. So the end of March for sure. Uh, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts yesterday says Kenley Jansen has earned the right to be the closer again. So for fantasy, it's going to be risky because Jansen did struggle down the stretch last year, but he will enter as the closer. One of the few closers, by the way, in baseball that could end up in the Hall of Fame that's pitching right now, too. I think there's a chance for that. Uh, SNY reported this morning, and now it, it has happened. Mets sign pitcher Taiwan Walker. That's not the big deal. The big deal is they gave this guy $20 million guaranteed. Are you kidding me? He's pitched under 70 innings the last three years, but uh, a very weird way the Mets decided to go about their operations this offseason. $20 million. Who else could they have given that to a month ago? Hmm. 
Steelers GM uh, is excited to see Dwayne Haskins. Boy, interesting comments coming from Pittsburgh. Does this mean Ben Roethlisberger is on the way out? Free agent wide receiver Marvin Jones yesterday on radio said that he wants to go on to a winning team and potentially chase a Super Bowl. It is his priority. He said that it won't be the only factor, but it is a very important factor. So we'll see where Marvin Jones ends up. Also, we got news a short time ago. The NCAA tournament will be allowing limited fans into the stands in Indianapolis. So Davis, I don't know. We got a lot of good headlines here today. We could go with Kenley Jansen. We could go with this stupid money that they gave to Taiwan Walker. We could go with what looks like some pretty strong indications that the Steelers are kind of nudging Ben Roethlisberger out the door. Which way do you want to start here? Well, I'm, you know, I'm a football guy, so I definitely want to look at that Steelers question because the Steelers roster should have been good enough to compete in the AFC last year, but they weren't because they were hampered by quarterback play. And look, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback, whatever, but there, there's no shame in father time uh, limiting your ability to perform to your absolute best happens to, uh, you know, everyone other than Tom Brady. I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is the answer in Pittsburgh, though. You know, I, I would think that they should be in on uh, um, Jameis Winston. That is who I would sign. I also think that they should explore trading up in the NFL draft to find their next young quarterback, whether that be Zach Wilson, whether that be Trey Lance. You know, if I was, uh, if I was them, it would definitely be Trey Lance. I, I am a, a big believer in the quarterback coming out of North Dakota State, but I, I do anticipate the Steelers having a different quarterback starting a majority of their games in 2021 than they did in 2020. You know what's interesting? I may see this the same as you, but every day this week you're talking about Jameis Winston Davis not going back to the Saints. I think you've thrown out like eight different teams there. I, I, that's the way yeah. I think it goes down. I think that Taysom Hill is the guy. I don't care what Sean Payton says. I, I am of that opinion, but you didn't even mention the Saints <laughs> on any of these teams, and, and that's where he is now, or he was now, technically. Yeah, I mean, technically, I do. I agree with you, though. I mean, we have just seen so much dedication to Taysom Hill from that organization. It would absolutely floor me if they, I, I think he makes $16.5 million per year. It would shock me to see them give Jameis Winston, you know, five, eight million, something like that, and roll with him as the starter because, and they've even said that too. They've, they've left out some smoke screens, but I would just be shocked if that's actually what they did at the end of the day, just totally floored. Look, they absolutely could bring in a veteran quarterback of some kind. The, uh, let, let's say the Bears part ways with Trubisky. He can just you know go over to New Orleans and be the backup there. I think they'll have a pocket passer on their team, but I don't think it will be Winston. I never thought it would be for the last six months. They just didn't play the guy. <laughs> I mean, they played Hill over and over again. So how Winston all of a sudden was going to be the guy next year, I just I don't see that. Uh, by the way, Brees has not retired yet, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, fantasy standouts are coming up next. Big night again for the beard, James Harden, as the Nets down the Lakers. We'll get to all of the fantasy standouts. Our producer, Brett Levy, joins us. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah. 
the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitchell along with Davis Maddock. It is our Friday edition of the show. we got plenty more coming up. We're going to go over the season win total for the Colorado Rockies. We're doing one win total a day here on the show. Jim Sanis is going to join us. We'll get a preview of the big NASCAR race coming up this weekend. So plenty more to come. Stay with us here on the grid for the next two hours. Let's bring in our producer, Brett Levy, as we go through the fantasy standouts from Thursday night. We'll dive into it a little bit more, and we'll start off with the beer, James Harden. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block. There's really no set timetable on Kevin Durant. They keep pushing this back a little bit with the Nets winning. Why would they bring him back? I don't know. Giannis with 23-12, 8-2 last night. Pascal Siakam has had a big week. 27 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. LeBron James, 32 points. 35,000 for his career, eight rebounds, seven assists. Simply put, if not the greatest of all time, the second greatest of all time. Another triple-double for Jimmy Butler, by the way, for the Heat. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists, and one steal. He's doing everything possible. Sometimes it is not enough, as we've seen. But the good news is Bam Adebayo had another big game last night, too. 16 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. And, Brett, look, you were around the NBA for a long period of time being up close and personal with these guys. And you saw LeBron James play in person. And unless you had a courtside seat, you probably saw them closer than a lot of other people saw. But 35,000 points for LeBron James is just a huge number. And he is chasing the all-time record. Do you think he has a chance? Yeah, I mean, he could definitely do it, Craig. He is putting up some of his best numbers of his career this year. Uh, And, you know, there's no reason to think he won't play, at least until his son comes into the league. And who knows, maybe he'll want to play a few more years with his son. So uh, I think he could definitely, you know, keep this thing going. Uh, Kareem, (laughs) Kareem has set that thing pretty high up there, but... Um, if that's real motivation for LeBron, which I don't know if it is or isn't, but like, if that's something he personally wants to obtain, he will definitely, uh, you know, pay to keep his money in shape or to keep his body in shape and, uh, you know, work towards completing that goal. You know, Davis on the show previously, you're, this is your first week, but, uh, I have brought up that and now Brett is on board with me. I'm very happy to see I think, Davis, that LeBron playing with his son is something that he wants to make happen. And I would make the argument in terms of all-time things that have happened in sports, I would put this up there. Like, I mean, I don't know how high I could put it at the top, 
but it's never happened. It would seem almost impossible in a sport that relies on athleticism for you to still be playing at, at a very elderly age, I would say, in the NBA. But Davis, to me, if it happens, we're, we're talking about a moment, I, I think, that goes above when LeBron first came in the league and when we were watching those high school games with him on TV. I, I think he's waiting for that. I think it's going to happen. I mean, no athlete invests more in their body. No, no athlete takes care of themselves. You know, I mean, LeBron is at the forefront of, you know, sleeping in the hyperbaric chamber and doing the stuff for his knees and he does yoga and like he just does everything he needs to keep his body. I think that we will see LeBron play into his 40s. And not only that, I think that if um, as long like because what he has done is he has worked on his shooting, right? That's been his biggest thing over the offseason. I think we will see a stage of his career where he is only playing point guard, you know, never getting down in the post and just, you know, distributing the ball, shooting threes. I, I also think he wants to play with his son. I think that he wants to play until his son is of age to be in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, Frank Gore is, is getting a look. It hasn't happened in the NFL either. Frank Gore is the closest at this point that it's ever been. Gore still has to play another year of college and then uh, would be eligible for the NFL. I do think Gore is going to try and play one more year, I would guess. Uh, and then, of course, in five years, he'll be in Canton in the Hall of Fame. But it's, it's, it's a phenomenal story, I think, on both sides. Football In baseball, we obviously saw it with Tim Raines and, and his son and Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. Everybody knows that. But this is a... Uh, very significant uh, thing, I think. Um, okay, so so Brett, uh, we I asked Davis about the Nets here, and they look like the best team in the NBA. If I handed you right now, Brett, $50 to make that drive over to New Jersey and said bet one team on the NBA championship, would you agree with Davis? Would it be the Nets? Well, I'm going to need some more money because the tolls are ridiculous, Craig. You don't understand 70. how much we have to pay. $70. All right, there we go. Uh, now I'll make the drive. But, yeah, I think the Nets are the team because, uh, you know, what do you said? They have three superstars in the playoffs. It comes down to a lot of ISO basketball, and uh, the game slows down a bit, little bit. It's not as much in transition, which I think will hurt teams like the Sixers, like the Bucks. Uh, and well, you know, the Nets can still score. They've got three yeah. of the elite players in the league uh, that can score at all three levels. I mean, there really is no stopping Kevin Durant. If we're being completely honest, you just hope to, you know, kind of slow him down a little bit that night uh, or maybe make him as discomfortable as possible. But, uh, you know, that's really all you can do with them. I do like the way the Sixers are set up. I think they'll make another move, uh, you know, especially with Embiid playing at this NBA, MVP level. You don't want to waste a season like that. So I think the Sixers will be aggressive. I don't think they're done, but the Nets definitely look a, a step ahead of Miami, a step ahead of the Celtics, Toronto, um, and some of these other teams in the Milwaukee. So I definitely think the Nets are the team. And in the West, you can't bet on anyone right now because you'd say a healthy mm -hmm. Lakers, but with AD, you want to see how he comes back. Yeah, really interesting stuff. And and I think that's what is compelling about it. Davis, they uh, announced that the All-Star game now is all going to be in one day. And they're going to do the dunk contest at halftime. I grew up loving the NBA. And, go, and I went to the All-Star game and the dunk contest here in Miami and the three-point contest. I went to it all. Uh, I have, I don't know, I don't I want to say fell out of favor with the dunk contest, but I just feel like 
there isn't a lot more that can be done that hasn't been done. The creativity levels, once every two or three years seems to be interested, uh, I seem to be interested in. Let's throw the COVID stuff out for a minute, Davis. Are you all in on NBA All-Star Game Day? I, I like it. Um, I actually, I like the three-point contest a ton. Uh, it's one that I have had some success, like, wagering on in the past, mm-hmm. and I, I just I just enjoy watching it. The dunk contest is, like, whatever. Generally, I watch it, um, you know, once every three years, we'll get some really cool dunk, uh, right. you know, some, some memorable moment. But most of the time, it's pretty forgettable. They mess with the format. Sometimes the format just is no good. Uh, I, I like the concept of it all being in one day though, just like getting it over with, letting the guys get some rest. You know, that's a big thing. Like they're all about the rest on the all-star break for a lot of these guys. Some of them don't even want to play in the game because they just want to rest their body. So I do like getting it all done in one day. Yeah. And and I think the dynamic, by the way, with the all-star game and and I hope baseballs will be in better shape by the time July comes. I'd I'd like to actually go to that this year. I usually go to the all-star game, but the dynamic uh, for, for the NBA, Davis, it's very hard to tell the city that we're out you know like we had all this planning and you're supposed to have the game there and it's like you can't do it next year because the city next year has already started planning for next year so i understand the need to play the game i would not be shocked to see uh, some players not playing this thing i don't think like lebron can get away with not going like he's one of the few big guys that's gonna have to show face even if he doesn't play in the game but I certainly understand uh, the need to support the cities that the All-Star Games are in. I think that's a big part of, of sports. All right. Well, fans in Denver support their team like no other. It is a fantastic city. It is a great ballpark. And regardless if the Rockies win or lose, they still show up to the games. It's also one of the teams that is begging for fans to come back because that's where they make their money. Not every team does. Some get the revenue sharing. The Rockies make the money at the gate. The question is, will they win any games this year? Now that they've traded their franchise player, what have they done this offseason to get better? We know that they did to get worse. Davis and I will look at their season win total coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Grid. So make sure you stay on the grid. We talk Rockies win total over under next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. If you watch our show every day, then you know yesterday we did our early look at the win total for the Baltimore Orioles in 2021. And we post all of these over on YouTube. And each and every day when Davis and I are here, we're going to do that. So there will be a couple of days where we're not, where we have the NCAA tournament. We'll have some in-game live. But uh, now th- all the way through opening day, we'll take a look at these lines and just go kind of randomly. I know some people like to do it in alphabetical order. I just like to take a team from the AL, a team from the NL. If there's something topical to talk about, we'll do it. But let's be honest, we got a boring team to talk about today, but that doesn't mean you can't make money off them. It's the Colorado Rockies. And in 2021, their number as per the Westgate is 64 and a half wins. That's the opening number. They were eight games under 500 last year. They won 71 games in 2019 and in terms of key moves there are none the only one was the big one they traded nolan arenado to the st louis cardinals the only player of relevance this year for them will be a player we'll talk about here coming up in austin gomber Uh, and davis before we get to their players their position players fantasy purposes we know what to expect you want to make sure that you have some shares that you have some I would say I would say probably like 10, 20% of your roster on Colorado Rockies if you can, because those 81 games are delicious, especially in the National League only format. Every year I try to at least speculate on one or two. But Davis, here is the issue. Why don't the Rockies play their guys? Why did in the offseason every year are they signing Daniel Murphy and Matt Kemp and just playing these guys out of nowhere when they have all these really nice young rookies to play? It's almost like they don't trust them. And so I don't know how good McMahon is, or Brendan Rodgers, or Garrett Hampson, or Mayamel Tapia, because of their refusal to give them 400 plate appearances in a season. Will that change this year? Um, no, I don't, I don't think it will. I think that we will see Ian Desmond play over yeah. Ryan McMahon some. Uh, I think that we will see, you know, Josh Fuentes. I, I do think at least at catcher, they don't have a choice. Uh, well, right. they do. I guess they are going to play Elias Diaz over Dom Nunez when they should just be playing Nunez to see if there is anything there at all. But the Air, Nolan Arenado trade basically does mean we are guaranteed to see at-bats from Brendan Rodgers and Ryan McMahon. I don't I don't really think there's anything they could do to get those guys out of the lineup. But, but I can already tell you the one thing they're going to do that's going to annoy me to no end is they are going to play Ian Desmond over CJ Crone. They're just going to do it. I, I absolutely guarantee you CJ Crone is going to tear the cover off the ball and all of his at-bats and they are going to stick in ground ball Ian Desmond and play him there over Crone. I just, I can, I can see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. And look, Crone, you would think will be on the team. Uh, I mean, the way that they operate, it's just a bizarre club, but uh, look, here is the infield. I mean, Crone's not on a guaranteed contract, I don't believe. So here is the infield to just start with. Uh, I, I do think we will see him at first, but let's just say for now it's Diaz at catcher, McMahon at first, uh, Rogers at second, uh, Story at short, Josh Fuentes potentially at third, and of course Rogers is the key name there. And we, Trevor Story's a superstar. He's been a superstar since day one. He's still a, stu- a superstar now. But Rodgers is the key name because you cannot lose sight of one simple fact. This guy was the third pick overall in the June draft. You you have to see what you have. It's been three years to have to play this kid. In the outfield, Blackman probably in left or right, Tapia in left or right, and then Hampson, they're saying, is going to get some reps in center field. He's, he only played a few games there 
last year, but it is about the young guys here, Davis. And if you told me that either McMahon, Rogers, or I'll even throw a Fuentes out there, and I'll include Tapia too. If I threw, if you told me any of them got 400 plate appearances, their ADP is way too low for where they're getting drafted right now in the NFBC. But we have a pretty strong track record. The Rockies mess with the young kids and play these washed up veterans instead. I don't get it. So the one who I do think seems safest for getting extra at-bats is going to be Tapia because I don't really see how they replace him because they the only other lefties they have on the roster are not outfielders, right? It is, it's Blackman who is locked in. You know, um, he's going to play. He's going to play right field no matter what. But then McMahon is an infielder. Um, and then Hilliard, I would assume, is behind in plate appearances. Like they view Tapia as being ahead of him. And then they have no left-handed outfielders mm-hmm. on the bench. So I, I think Tapia should see, if he stays healthy, 500 plate appearances, 550. And he's going to steal bases. You know, if we look at what Tapia has done uh, over a limited sample in his career, Eight steals last year in 206 plate appearances, nine on 447 plate appearances in 2019. So I think Tapia at his current NFBC ADP, I mean, you can he's totally free. He's in the he's in the 300s. Yeah. Um, I think you should get 15 steals, 10 home runs, but also you know good good on base percentage, good batting average because of the Coors Field boost. I mean, Tapia should be kind of the guy you're looking to get as your fifth outfielder in in every NFBC draft you do right now. I think. Yeah. And you would think that a team that loses 30 home runs and uh, 40% on base and 100 runs driven in, you would think that that team would run a little more to make up for that because you can't just replace a player like that. Davis is right with Tapia. Look, Trevor Story also steals bases. Garrett Hampson also steals bases. They thought uh, Brendan Rodgers could steal bases too. So that could be the way that it ends up going. Now, the problem always for the Rockies is the pitching. We know it's been year after year that they've tried to build and manufacture starting pitchers on this club, and it just has not worked out. You get a year, usually, from a guy, and then he just doesn't back it up. We've seen this through the years with John Gray. We uh, have seen it last year with Herman Marquez. Marquez was a guy that everyone thought could potentially be an ace. He was getting drafted way too high in fantasy last year, as you see him here throwing in spring training. But the bottom line is he's going to start opening day uh, for the Rockies. Another guy that had success, by the way, that completely fell apart, rebounded a little bit at least to make the rotation last year, is Kyle Freeland, left-handed pitcher who probably will start the second game of the season for the Colorado Rockies. But, I mean, the bottom line with this, Davis, is that there hasn't been any sustainable success for Rocky starters. If you can guess on a year-to-year basis who the one Rocky starter will good one will be for about 20 games, then it's a great DFS play because they're always so undervalued there. Everyone's always stacking course hitters. But Davis, it just hasn't happened. I'll go back to Jeff Francis when he was a rookie. He was pretty good. Aaron Cook was pretty good one year. Ubaldo was pretty good one year. Marquez one year. Freeland one year. I, I just I can keep doing this. They can't do it back to back years. I wonder why. Uh, well, I mean, it's just so hard to pitch in course. I just think it's so hard to keep the magic going. Your strikeouts go way down. Um, if you're a ground baller, you know, just putting balls in play is a nightmare. And but if you're a fly baller, then you're it's just totally gambling, right? You're just gambling on. Well, I hope those fly balls don't scrape over the fence. Um, and and generally speaking, fly ballers actually do better 
in cores than ground ballers due to the the dimensions of the outfield. Like we think of cores as being this band box, but like the the field, the the uh, the outfield walls are actually further back than you realize. If I was going to gamble on one Rockies pitcher this year just to try and yeah. find a little bit of magic in the bottle, it would be Austin Gomber. Um, not like he's like a crazy prospect or anything like that. He's who the, he's one of the prospects they got back in that uh, that Nolan Arenado trade. But uh, yeah. if you look at some of his favorable projections, like if you want to look at the ones that view him in a really positive light, Zips has him for nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings uh, and a 4.39 ERA. That would definitely play for literally your your last draft pick uh, you know, he's going to be his first couple starts when he makes them for the Rockies. He's going to be, you know, $4,500. Like he's going to be incredibly cheap. So Gomber would be the one um, if he does crack the rotation, which he might not. They might make him the sixth man to begin with at the start of the year. He would probably be the one I would be most likely to gamble on just because we haven't seen him fail yet, of course. Yeah, and, and Daniel Bard has has returned after many, many years being away, and he ended up having a fantastic year shockingly after retiring came back i think he missed four years came back and uh now projects davis as the closer for the rockies going into the season uh i gotta tell you a couple couple things here uh first of all scott oberg who probably would have been their closer is hurt and not going to be ready for the start of the season although he is throwing but davis daniel bard is a guy that the rockies are going to trade in July. Like you, you are, you're not getting, I mean, you probably wouldn't get 30 saves anyway. And I know he was fantastic last year, but he's gone, right? Like the second he's any good, they're going to move on from him. So I'm kind of out. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really interested in Daniel Bard either. His uh, best projection, his most favorable projection is ATC. That is 9.2K per nine, a 4.3 ERA. Our friend Derek Cardi has him for a 5'9". ERA with seven strikeouts per nine innings. Um, so his, his projections are really not favorable. My guess is that he ends up uh, either traded and traded pretty quickly if he starts hot or just yeah. benched, right? You know, just, just not the closer anymore because they have guys, um, you know, Michael Givens, one of the guys who could take over from him. So, yeah, I mean, just, just not a lot to love uh, from the Rockies pitching staff, which is generally true. No, and and you can in you know as you're drafting closers in a season long fantasy league, if if someone takes the Rockies closer twenty seventh out of thirty, like okay, like I mean I I get that if you're trying to chase those saves at the end, but in general, what people don't realize is that they're going to do more harm than help. And Wade Davis did not have a lot of success after having tremendous success, arguably being one of the most important players in Kansas City when when he was there. So just uh. Buyer beware. All right, we got to take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today, but make sure you stay with us. We are going to continue our fantasy discussion here on the show. And Gray Albright is going to join us next, makes his first appearance here of 2021. Uh, Gray has some opinions on the show coming up on Dominic Smith, Ian Anderson, Jose Quintana. Deep dive with Gray next here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. baseball season when our friend Gray Albright joins us here on the show. Of course, you could follow him on Twitter at Razball. Fantasy baseball season effectively is here. Drafts are going on right now, and Gray is with us once again. Gray, it is great to see you, and happy baseball season. What's going on? Hey, man. How's it going? It's good to see you, too. I am, uh, I'm excited to finally get, you know, baseball back, uh, hopefully. Right? Yeah, no, it's going to happen, right? Yeah, no, I think we're in good shape. I mean, pitchers and catchers are reporting, and I think that we're actually going to have spring games. Um, yeah, I think conceptually is a good way to start. How how much are you looking at the 60-game season from last year when you're doing your projections for this year? You know, that's actually a really good question. That's been, uh, I think, one of the hardest aspects about coming off of the 2020 season is what to do with the 60 game season. Like there's a lot of noise in that 60 game season that you just kind of, I think you just kind of have to avoid getting too wrapped up in some of the numbers. Like I see a lot of people, you know, let's take for instance, Dom Smith, uh, who I like, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with Dom Smith. Um, I think he's solid, but even the Mets, as you see, the Mets this offseason have gone out and they've gotten a lot of bats. And, you know, I think that sort of, you know, it it should send up a little bit of of a flag saying like, hey, you know, we don't necessarily trust Dom Smith against both handed uh, pitchers and you probably shouldn't either. So like a guy like that. That has been really like I've seen him fluctuate anywhere from like top 50 overall to like 120 overall. I'm even lower than 120 overall. I I like, you know, him for a uh, mixed league daily lineup. If you're able to switch him out on a daily basis, like when he's going to face lefties. But the um, the whole thing with like expecting him to do what he did over 60 games last year over 162 games this year, I think that's just foolish. I don't think there's any way he's going to be able to replicate that. At no point in the minors did he ever hit 20 homers for more than one professional season. And right now, people are projecting him for like upwards to 27 to 32 homers. And it's like, what? He's never shown that kind of power. He's an average guy, which is good. I mean, batting average, not as an average uh, player. He's good for batting average. He might be okay for, 
you know, um, doubles in certain points leagues, but he's not a power guy. And he's also a guy who's going to be missing a lot of at bats because the Mets have other options. Yeah. And and the Mets also uh, chased Adam Duvall, didn't get him and then got uh, Kevin Pillar. So it tells you that not Mm -hmm. completely confident in him for sure. 60 games is really tough to go by. The other part that we're hearing so much about Gray, and I'm wondering uh, what your strategy is going to be. You're giving me all your secrets. They did put me back in the NL, by the way. Keep in mind, before you say anything else, um, uh, is the pitchers, okay? Now, we, we've already gotten word of a couple of teams that are going to a six-man rotation. We've never experienced this before in fantasy, hearing about this. I still am of the belief that there will be a lot of talk and only a little bit of action, but even if that's four or five teams— Gray, if, if there's six-man rotations, no one is throwing 180 innings. No one is making 30 starts on their respective team. So is it just waiting and seeing who actually you know, follows through with it? Can you, can you kind of look into it beforehand? Yeah, no, I think the, uh, the pitchers has been a huge aspect to this early draft season so far. I kind of wish more people would have drafted already because I think a lot of people are drafting pitchers extremely high. And I think that's I think that's the wrong move this year because like I don't usually I don't like drafting pitchers high to begin with so I'll put that out there so I'm already coming from a confirmation bias standpoint but I think this year especially like if you look at last year's top pitchers you see all this noise involved with like you know um, relievers being in the like the top 15 overall like I believe Marco Gonzalez was a top five starter for uh, mixed leagues. And he's like, you know, like he's like a six to seven K per nine guy. So because, you know, when innings are condensed, pitchers have a harder time to break away and be so much greater. So like someone like, let's say uh, DeGrom, for instance, like if he's in 180 innings, his 180 innings are going to be great. But if someone throws a great 150 innings, the 30 innings difference isn't going to be that big of a difference in the big picture. But when you have someone like DeGrom and in a normal season, if he throws, say, 220 innings, that's a much bigger difference than someone who throws 160 innings. So, like, you are be able to find guys like, you know, just off the top of my head, let's say Ian Anderson. If the Braves are in a uh, six-man rotation at any point this year, which – I would guess almost all teams are going to be in a uh, six-man rotation just because of the sheer volume last year versus this year. So if someone like Ian Anderson throws, say, 110 to 125 innings this year, he's not going to be that much different than someone who's throwing, say, 160 innings like, uh, you know, uh, Ryu or, um, you know, uh, maybe – someone like Snell or Glasnow, well, Glasnow has never thrown more than 120 no, innings. Right. But, but it's like, it's just a matter of like, if the volume isn't there for pitchers, they're all, there's going to be a lot more like uh, of a situation where they're all condensed into this uh, same little tier of pitchers versus guys that just break away and are so much better. Do you find the interest being the same this time of the year as it was last year or, or years before? I don't really have a, a great gauge. You you have a much better one having a website that you have subscribers and people signing up. 
Um, you know, from from an industry perspective, it feels like the same people are still saying the same things about fantasy, and we're all still very much interested in it. I'll be in the Tout Wars National League, I believe, auction with you this year. So my, I, you, we were in it five years in a row. I had to bow out last year, and I think everybody probably should have bowed out last year. It's just luck <laughs> yeah. that I was out. I'll be back in with you this year. Do you do you feel <laughs> that the same momentum is is growing for this year? Uh. You know, I think a lot of people got disillusioned, if I'm going to be totally honest with you. I think there was a lot of people who were like, you know, they were mad at baseball last year. And I don't know if everyone has necessarily come back. And then when you look forward to, like, a potential strike coming up, I mean, it's not great for baseball in general, to be, you know, totally honest. I don't know if, uh, like, maybe we're off, like, you know, uh, I see possibly like uh, 10 to 15 percent off of where we usually are at this time of year. And, mm-hmm. and just could be people that are just a little bit disillusioned with what happened last year, because I know there is a there is a lot of people who are like, you know, there is a few people I've gone I've heard from uh, who have said, hey, you know, I'm back after taking last year off. So that's good. Yeah, that's but there's a, a lot of people that you're not going to hear from who are just took last year off and just not coming back because they took last year off. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, how many drafts have you done as we sit here on the 19th of February? One draft, two, three? Mm, how many? I actually, I just did a draft the other day with uh, Scott White of CBS. I did an AL only draft. Uh, and I have done a draft champions, uh, NFBC. So I did, I've done two drafts so far. One was AO only and one okay. was a 15. And, and, and between those, I always like to ask this question because it tells me more about what you like than anything else. Uh, any repetitive players in the two leagues that you drafted? <laughs> no, not really, because AO only is such a specific beast that I didn't really, you know, double up a ton. There's okay. a few guys like, you know, in a deeper league, I tend to look towards good ballparks for certain for pitchers uh, for like, you know, when you're getting real deep and you're like, well, I don't know if I really like Jose Quintana, but in Anaheim, it's not a ter- I mean, it's not terrible for a dollar late pick, you know, like guys like that. But overall, I didn't double up a ton because AL only versus mixed league. Are you targeting Toronto Blue Jays players because the first season, the first month of the season, they're going to be in Dunedin, where I don't think it'll be quite Buffalo, Gray, but it could end up being similar. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I think the Jays are in a similar situation as the uh, Padres and the Mets in that they have so many hitters that I want to get at bats that they might have too many hitters. Mm. So it could it could actually hurt their at bats a little bit, like Rowdy Tellis is someone who I'm crazy about on the Jays, but they also have, you know, Teoscar, Lords Guriel. Uh, they have so many guys that, at greed check, they have so many guys who could potentially DH slash, uh, slash first base that it's hard to say that Rowdy Tellis will get his at-bats. But, yeah, no, I'm excited for the Blue Jays to be in a good hitting park for sure. I mean, there's so many great young bats in that lineup from, you know, from the guys I mentioned to Biggio, Bichette, I mean, even Alejandro Kirk behind the plate if he gets at bats. Uh, but there's Danny Jansen's there, too. Yeah, no, the Blue, the Blue Jays have a really good team offensively. And if the pitching comes through and it looks like it could, there could be some really nice things happening for the Blue Jays this season. Uh, all right. A couple of more things before we go. Um, we saw yesterday the news of JT Romuto. 
uh, fracturing his finger, which puts him uh, somewhat in doubt for opening day. Great. I could tell you that going down this road a lot in the early part of the fantasy season, and and everyone knows I have bias for Real Muto, so this, I'm probably the wrong person to ask, but w- when a player gets injured at this stage or something happens at this stage on February 17th, anybody who's drafting Gray in the next two weeks is like hard panicking and like <laughs> dropping them so far down the board. Uh-huh. If this happens on March 18th, Gray, I'm worried. But yeah. I think we overrate these injuries that happen, especially the hitters in yeah. February. Like there's a long way to go before the season starts. No, I know. I, I totally I, I I understand exactly what you're saying. I think someone like I'm not someone who drafts a, a top catcher, but like a real Muto could actually become a bargain because of this news. And it's similar to like uh, I heard uh, Frankie Montez had uh, got diagnosed with COVID recently. Right. So like. You know, it's like those sort of things, like right now you hear news like that and everyone, like you said, panics and they and these guys start dropping in drafts. And it's like we're like at least six weeks away from anything happening. Like there's no reason to move anyone. Like I even said at one point, I said in a recent post that like, you know, someone like Montez, I'm not moving him in my rankings at all. And actually, if anything, I think you could get a discount because of exactly that reason, because people are like, oh, no, it's panic season. Like, I can't go anywhere near it. It's like, you know, if a pitcher has an elbow issue, then you panic. Of course. <laughs> but if someone yeah, that's has exactly a- what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Talk to me when there's a pitcher who's been shut down because of an arm issue. And I'll show you a guy that I'm not drafting. But but beyond that, <laughs> beyond that. And maybe if his name is Stanton or Judge, yes, too. But beyond that, I'm I'm going to take discounts for injured players in February. Mm-hmm. Not on March 18th or 19th, but on February 18th. Rasball.com is Gray's website. Uh, he and Rudy Gamble and all the folks over at Rasball uh, are winning leagues every year. So you guys should go check them out for sure. They do a great job. I'm very excited that Gray and I are in the same league this year because when he comes on the show, we're going to be able to fight every week and talk about how we're doing and what we're doing in the NL Tout Wars. I am back in it. Uh, Gray, thank you again. It's great to see you at the start of the fantasy baseball season. We'll talk again next week, okay? All right. See you next week. All right. Gray Albright from Rasball each and every week with us. We'll go through the players who we're drafting, who we're not drafting, and uh, maybe even some movie talk as well with Gray. But for now, we'll take a quick time out as we continue on on Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. So don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Along with Davis Maddock. Davis, are you going to be able to uh, do any golfing this weekend? Like, what, what's on the Davis Maddock schedule here? It's Friday. We're almost through your first week hosting with me. You deserve a medal for that honor just to get through it. What, what's on the, on the big Davis schedule this weekend? You know, I was just telling my girlfriend that my golf game is going to be, it's going to just be in a terrible, terrible spot. I was having some of my best rounds that I've ever had fired my first round in the 80s uh, on a golf course close to me and then and then did it again the next weekend and then just this awful weather. I mean, we're talking about three months now of just basically un ungolfable weather here in the Midwest. I've been wanting to get back out on the range, but you know, four inches of snow still staring at me outside the window. I think you're about in the only state in the union right now where you can go get an uninterrupted round of golf in. But uh, I am I am missing the links big time, Craig. I, I am uh, I think my handicap's going to be back up at about 18 when I get back out there. So not not where I want it to be. Yeah, it's a little rainy today. It looks like, but yeah, I mean, usually two times a week. I, I, I try to get out as much as I can. You know what I did today, as a matter of fact, before the show, and normally I don't buy tickets, but I was very concerned with with not being able to take my son to spring training games. Um, you know, normally I could get a spring training ticket, like nothing. And then, you know, sometimes, honestly, I'll just like bring them in. But this year with everything that's going on, I bought four tickets, uh, two different games to spring training games. One um, for the Cardinals-Marlins game, I think on the 6th of March, and then the other one on the 18th. So uh, regardless of covering the games, which of course I will be doing, and probably doing some broadcasting, I'm guessing as well, but I, but I was able to purchase tickets. It's in a little pod. Uh, the seating chart showed basically the entire section, and there's only about 10 people per section, so they're keeping it minimal. I wonder if that's what the regular season is going to be like as well, but I guess uh, I guess that's my first foray into fan baseball in the spring. Headlines are next. And Jim Sanis joins us. Talk a little NASCAR. Don't go away. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.